have you wondered if the nursing shortage is just something we're experiencing in the United States or if it's global? Have you wondered what the impact is going to be on an international scale? Well, we're going to talk much more about this today. Join us. Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I'm a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform health. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have otherwise heard from. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Healthcare Soothsayers. Our guest today is Dr. Peter Preziosi, Chief Innovation and Business Development Officer at CGFNS International and a consultant to the World Health Organization. He is leading the development of a quality management system and a learning recognition system that will use digital credentials. Peter, I am so excited to be talking with you today. Hi, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I want to dig into the the international spirit and the global nature here of not only nursing, but of health and wellness. And as we know, healthcare is not just local anymore. While it might be delivered locally, in fact, it's really influenced at a global level. But from your perspective, are we going to have enough nurses over the next five, 10 years to care for patients around the world? I think that there's predictions out there, not that there'll just be a nursing shortage. There will be a shortage of all types of health workers. And uh, through the World Health Organization and the World Health Assembly, there's been a lot of discussion about what to do to upskill workers around the world to address these major shortages. Just to say that there is probably an estimate between uh, seven to nine million nurses that will be um, that will be experiencing a shortage of into the next five years. So it's a and 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 considering the fact that the entire world's population is aging, um, what's happening to replacing individuals that are at retirement age, and what are we going to do with that? That that's one challenge. I'd say another challenge that we have to look at is the changing complexity and dynamic of of a population where people around the world are living longer with chronic disease. Um, and, And how do you care for people living longer with chronic disease? And the advances in medical and health discoveries that we're making and change and which change the dynamic and complexity of delivering healthcare to individuals. Thirdly, there's the technology issue. People are interacting with individuals in very different ways today. Uh, We're interacting mobily. We're interacting um, through social media platforms, through Zooming events. And it's a very different way to deliver healthcare services when you take into consideration the complexity of 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 those technologies as well. 
Well, what's fascinating is that this has been coming for the last 15 or 20 years. So this didn't just creep upon us. So it feels to some degree like we were caught looking the other way. And I'm wondering from a supply perspective, while I heard you talk about upskilling and moving more people into the pipeline, at, at some point, how do we mitigate the back end where people are falling off or retiring or, or leaving through attrition? We have to work both ends, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely, Bonnie. And, and I, one of the things that I'd say that our social and educational and health institutions may not be keeping pace with the rate of change. That's a real challenge. We, you know, how well are our educational institutions keeping step with the transformation that is undergoing in healthcare? When you take a look at new technologies that are transforming the way that we're delivering care, for instance, when I was at um, Verizon, And we had solutions that were assisting paramedics in providing um, when they would go out on a 911 call. And we wanted to equip them with a tablet that could then go and they used for telehealth to go into a physician in an ER. And the solution worked beautifully we were able to get paramedics to use the the solution with ER physicians. And what they were doing was they were preventing non-critical life-threatening issues to go into an ER. And they were diverting those patients to community health and to primary care practices. What was the big challenge that we had? the regulations in Texas wouldn't allow telehealth. So we had the technology, but it was the regulation that was a problem. Um, So we see that it's, you know, whether we're talking about a mismatch with regulation, legislation, and, or we're talking about the fact that we've got, say, a school of nursing that's taught um, a particular curriculum for X number of years, how do you retrofit and change out some of these ways that these institutions are practicing both internally and the, and, and the context of what's happening externally to be able to address some of these issues? Well, and I think what's, what's incredible about that is that we are not all rowing in the same direction. So the example you gave about regulation these need to be a hand-in-glove kind of a solution, not not part of the solution going in one direction and, you know, the other part of the solution certainly being diametrically opposed. I realize that there are a lot of factors and variables here, in, including dollars and revenues and politics, but it, at some point we're talking about human lives that are going to be impacted if we can't figure this stuff out. Yeah, it's, it's complicated. And as I'm talking to you and throwing out a number of challenges, it can seem a little daunting. And we wonder, what is it that we can do to stop this tsunami effect, if you will? 
that's going to be hitting the shores of every country around the world. I mean, it's already hitting us. Look at what's happened with the COVID-19 pandemic and how that had the ability to just crush certain health systems and health systems that you wouldn't have thought you would have thought would be more, much more resilient like those in the United States. But yet, I, I think we as a world were taken by surprise in, in some of this, even with some of the previous outbreaks that we had around SARS, Ebola, H1N1. I mean, something of this magnitude really took us by surprise. But what's, I, I think, part of a common denominator, there's no quick fix or magic bullet, if you will, Bonnie, and we've got to look at it from a variety of perspectives. But I do think that leadership and the ability to innovate, critically think, problem solve, and fail forward fast are ways of solving some of these very vexing problems. And just to put out there that I just came from a really exciting weekend certificate program for nurse entrepreneurs that was sponsored by Sanciel and Drexel University. And I was incredibly inspired, not just about what I learned about entrepreneurialism, innovation mapping, design thinking, but it was to come together and really think about what does it take to be a leader to be able to set up and first dream, then set up and implement an innovation, a solution. And I wonder if our educational institutions are geared that way. You know, I think that that certainly strikes a nerve because there is a tremendous amount of opportunity in how we educate nurses, particularly in this country. That's what I'm most familiar with. And while there are some very innovative programs out there, generally it feels like this is a bell curve and the majority of schools continue while they're tweaking and iterating a little bit. It feels like we have to completely crumble up the paper and start over in order to train nurses in the way that we need to and, you know, fast enough with enough information around data and technology, it's a different day and time. So how would you go about putting together nursing programs that maybe are a little different? Well, you know, again, I've been really inspired by, you know, some of the work that's happening around the United States, and we need to see that seated around the world. Um, but but I'll, I'll talk, you know, I'm, I'm a graduate of, of University of Pennsylvania. I received my PhD there. And Marion Leary is there running the Center of Innovation. And I think it's a great opportunity to start teaching and educating uh, nursing students early on about the importance of critical thinking and innovating. However, then you get out into practice and we hear all the time that nurses aren't necessarily always factored in when it comes to the development of new 
technologies, new platforms that help to improve that interface between that patient-clinician relationship when in fact it's the nurse or even the physician that are using these very similar products. So, you know, it, so not only do we have to seed it within the educational system, but seed it within the uh, practice setting, like what's going on in Canada at SC Health with Mary Lou Ackerman. She was one of the speakers. And the work that they're doing around innovation in community health and home health care. Right. Lots of great things going on. And there certainly are models out there. How is it we start to shift into something that actually allows us to use technology as a force multiplier around um, the globe? You, you mentioned a little bit about skills mismatches and gaps. Can you talk about that and talk about where you see the opportunity to leverage more technology? Absolutely. Absolutely. So for instance, I've done some uh, work in Indonesia. What an amazing country, a wonderful culture, a very heterogeneous population there. And nursing education, uh, you know, as, as well-meaning and as, as, as brilliant as they are, I think you tend to see models around the world where we're educating nurses to become physician extenders. And that's not what we need in healthcare. What we need in healthcare is to have a variety of health models that we are delivering to the patient, to the consumer, based on their need. You know, I've always prided myself as a nurse because of the way that I look at patient care. I look at it very holistically. I look at the way nurses treat the human response to disease, psychosocially, physiologically, socioeconomically. I think that that's very interesting. My role is not to necessarily cure that patient and come up with a diagnosis. That, that, is, that is the realm of medicine, which is a very equally important role. But the role that nurses play um, in this perspective of, of the human response to illness is so critically important. The science of caring, the science of nurturing, the science of healing. These are areas of research that I think that we need to dig more deeply into. And to be able to look at those models of care delivery around the world, because counterparts of ours in other parts of the world, where they're out there delivering care with limited technology available to them in villages are doing many times a better job than what we're doing with the technology and the acute care facilities that we have available to us in high-income countries. 
Well, and that's interesting in and of itself, right? And it certainly begs a question. If we can learn lessons from that, maybe technology can help us to scale those approaches because we're, we're talking about a population around the world that is certainly going to continue to age. And as you indicated at the start of this, the need for care in some way, shape, or form because of our chronic and long-term health conditions is only going to increase the need for these nurse or maybe nurse-like professionals. Absolutely. And the other issue is that we have to start thinking we nurses, we physicians, we other health workers have to start thinking outside of ourselves, outside of the four corners of healthcare. How do we, you know, work with other industries? Uh, you know, there's a lot that's happening right now with artificial intelligence, informatics, that we can then bring into the science of what we're doing in nursing to um, bring out new innovation, looking at entertainment and, and what's happening in, in, in simulation and gaming to make health fun. Yeah, I think it's gonna be fascinating to see where we go, both promoting health amongst individuals and promoting care of patients or clients, consumers, whatever you want to call them, that's going to have to be cheaper in cost and more scalable so that we can actually get, do, maybe do a better job around the world. And it, it feels like there is it impossible, Peter, to think about a day and time that we can get educational preparation and skills and competencies closer so that maybe there's a more um, fluid approach to shifting resources globally? Maybe if people were trained in a similar fashion or had skills that resonate, could we send nurses to another country at a certain point of a year because of their I don't know, surge, maybe it's a COVID surge, maybe it's a flu surge, maybe it's something. And then in return, we would see nurses come back here to assist for the same reason. How do you see that shaping up? Absolutely. I, you know, I had a great opportunity to participate several years back when I was the CEO of a clinical documentation organization and uh, for uh, the U.S., and I participated and led a delegation for the people-to-people -people delegation over to China around data capture and documentation. And cultural exchange, I think, is really important. And you know, when you when you go, when you realize that uh, we're all alike around the world, we may do things a little bit differently. We might have maybe a little bit of a different belief system, but we're all human beings. We're really all the same. And, and that's, I think that's one area. I think that the, you know, the other area is that many times we, particularly here in the U.S., are a quick fix society. 
we're on to the next thing very rapidly. We don't necessarily do a root cause analysis. Take a look at what's happened over the years with migration. What, what, what is the root cause of individuals wanting to migrate from one country to another? Many times it's economic opportunity. Why are they not getting that in their own countries? That's where, as you said earlier, Bonnie, we really are all one throughout the globe. If one country is not doing well, the rest of us are not doing well. If one country cannot control the pandemic, the rest of the world won't be able to control it. Look at what's happening now with variants that are coming out of India that are impacting an increase in the, in the rise of uh, COVID-19 incidences in the United Kingdom. So we really are all one, but we have to think more strategically, look at some of the root causes, and then set up a, a, a plan before we go out and launch some of these point solutions. Because many times what happens is we go after these point solutions, wanting the quick fix, the quick win, the quick money, and um, we don't really get down to the root cause of, of, of what, what the challenge is. So how do you feel like, you know, for, I, I love that we're all in this together. And that means that, you know, really, we are going to do as well as our, our weakest link. So if we had to think about this, what do you think the opportunity is at an individual level to, to do to make some kind of an impact in a positive way? Wow, that's a that's a tough question to answer because as much as we we are all one, we're also very individual. And there are different motivators that get people motivated to do certain things. I'm I'm from a nice Italian Catholic American family. <laughs> Seven siblings. We're all different. We're similar in many ways. We're all very close, but we're all very different. We were all motivated to do different things and pursue different types of careers. And we're engaged very differently in our communities, in our states, in our country, and in the world. So it's, you know, it's part of that, it's personal responsibility. But I have to say that. Many people get lifted up by being inspired, by being motivated, and by good, positive role models. And, and I think that that's important. We respond to people that are a lot like us. That's why I think it's so important when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, that we have people that look like us, that have similar lived experiences to us, that we can then model ourselves after. I mean, I think it's great that we have our first um, female vice president in the United States. That's also a Black Asian American. Because it gives hope to women and women of color that they can aspire to these things. And, I, and, I, and I, I think that that plays out in all industry. 
and in particular, our industry. Yeah, particularly because nursing still is 90% female. So I think you're right. I think we're all going to have to contribute in our own individual ways, yet we as a collective are definitely going to have to be rowing in the same direction. And that means disrupting our own practice, teaching and training and developing people in different ways, looking at how we can leverage technology as a force multiplier or a way to help in our workflows. So I think there's lots of opportunity. And, you know, I'm really excited and inspired by what you're talking about, because I think this gives us the ability to really think about it at a global level of impact instead of just myopically in our own backyard. Yeah, you know, and I've been really fortunate to have the opportunity to work at the World Health Organization for the past two years on helping them to build a global lifelong learning to academy to upskill 10 million health workers by 2023 because employers are looking for skills-based workers because they have to rapidly deploy people, particularly if you're taking a look at health emergencies. You've got a, a, a major climate disaster and you need to mobilize a group of health workers why not be able to mobilize people that have digital credentials that you know that have the certain skills that you need to deploy them? And changes that are evolving in healthcare delivery systems, one doesn't look the same as the next. So they need to have these micro skills that they can rely on that they know that their employees are, are capable of. So these are the kinds of things that we're working on right now. And I'm really excited about that because at the basis of it all, we're talking about co-designing and co-building the academy, not just with health professionals, but with patient organizations, community-based organizations around the world. And at the basis of it, gender, equity, inclusiveness, is so critically important. And I think that having, and, it's, and, and, and the platform, the learning experience platform that we're building, it's open sourced. It will be available to all around the world. And not just to health workers, but to community groups, to policymakers, to educators, because healthcare, it's a team sport. You know, this is super cool because there is tremendous opportunity there. And I love the fact that it's going to be open source and available. Then others can sort of pick up where this left off and iterate, make their changes, implement it in any way that they like, but it's available. So it's a really great way for people to capitalize or advance on that work that's that's been started. So good job. Kudos to you. All right, I have a question for you now. Want to end this in a really kind of a positive, happy way. What is something that you might tell us you're grateful for? Well, I, I am grateful for the tremendous number of opportunities and diversity of opportunities that exist out there. I was just getting ready to say before you asked me this uh, question that we've kind of been all over the map today. 
And it's really hard to pin down all the challenges and to figure out all the solutions in a short time frame on this podcast. But I'm really grateful that I've had the opportunity to meet you, Bonnie, the opportunity to meet other innovators like yourself, scientists, and leaders in, in nursing and other fields. And I, I think the collective, if, if we really believe in each other and, and recognize that there is value and worth to all people, to all ideas, that's what I'm most grateful for. I think that's awesome. And that's incredibly inspiring. It also sort of pokes a little part of my brain that is a Star Trek fan and thinks of the Borg in a fond way. So there is power in the collective. Absolutely. As long as we allow people to express their creativity and their sense of self individually mm -hmm. and, and, and be able to orchestrate that in a collective. And, and that's one of the great things that I've had the opportunity of, of experiencing while I've been at the World Health Organization, working with countries around the world that have their own sovereignty, that, that do it their way. Isn't that what we talk about in healthcare all the way, you know, all the time? Yeah. And I think too, the ability to do that and not lose uh, track of sort of our empathy and our compassion and what humanizes us, that's a privilege, right? That's really neat. Well, this has been an awesome conversation, and this is probably a good place for us to put a pin in it for today. And Peter, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your schedule and being with us today on Healthcare Soothsayers podcast. You've brought a really different perspective that's been invaluable. Thanks again for the opportunity. Really appreciate it, Bonnie. And be sure to check out the show notes for this show to find Peter's contact information and to learn more about his work. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health.